to the Less Stressed Family Podcast, where we believe you are fallible and what you do matters. This is episode 138. I am Justin. And I'm Shauna Wood. How are you, honey? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I should share the microphone with you, I guess, huh? That'd <laughs> be nice. <laughs> Very good. Uh, today, we're talking about what I wish I knew. This is probably going to be two parts, I'm guessing, because we have a lot to cover here. And these are quotes from a guy named Robin Sharma. I really like him a lot. Cool. Okay. So, why are we talking about this? I feel like... We, because the world is lacking <laughs> wisdom right now. The world is so lacking wisdom. So this is going to be a podcast about the next couple of podcasts, just about wisdom. And we need to honor wisdom and make a place for it in our hearts and minds because we're just getting dumber and dumber and dumber. Um, I think I think the problem is we're having this, we think that information equals transformation. Meaning, if you get a bunch of information, if you take a bunch of classes and you get a bunch of degrees then you're going to be uh, a better person. And sometimes the yes, but I think what you could really say, it's not the information, it's the experiences that transfer during those times of information gathering. I think that's accurate. Yeah, I I know it is. (laughs) uh, Here's a quote uh, I found. Knowledge is learning something every day. Wisdom is letting go of something every day. (laughs) I feel like I've become a very wise woman since we started having children because I have let go of so many things as far as like expectations that were unrealistic and, you know, on myself, on others, of the house, of all kinds of different things. Right. And I think when when we talk about wisdom, we talk about older people. I remember on Sunday afternoons at my grandparents, actually at both my grandparents, um, I remember this. um, My grandfathers would separate, and they were good friends, they were good friends, but um, they were not together every Sunday usually, but they they would sit underneath the shade tree, even if it'd be summer or it'd be hot, you know, but you'd still sit under the shade tree, just in a recline, you know, kind of like your um, lawn chairs. And just kind of recline back there and just sit and talk about life. And there was, it was weird because even as a, as a child, I realized there's some kind of special, I don't know what you want to call it, special energy, special something there that was happening. And of course, I was busy playing or going, we had, if your cousins were there or whatever. But when I got tired or at different times, I was just kind of drawn to that circle of men. Of course, they're all like spitting, chewing tobacco. And like it was like, it wasn't, um, one of my uncles smoked cigars, you know, so you'd sit in the cloud of cigars and people would be spitting and kind of, they try to spit, don't step over there, buddy. It's, there's tobacco spit all over there, you know, that kind, of, that kind of thing. So, but, but it was just such an awesome time where I think that's a problem with wisdom. It's not just something you can download. Like you couldn't just sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to put in this drive and you just download it. Or I'm just going to print it off and you just give it to me, you know, like there's a, there's a process that's required for wisdom. And I think right now it is so essential that we honor wisdom, especially from older people, like spend time with older people, but cultivate it in our kids, cultivate it in ourselves, 
we are throwing around so much information now that we've never had access to, but I just don't think we're getting wiser. We're not getting wiser on, and you say, well, how are we not getting wiser? Look at how we're interacting with each other. Like, this is what stupid people do. <laughs> like, this is how this is how stupid, uneducated people interact. And we're supposed to be like the most educated edu- educated people ever, like in the history of the world. We're supposed to, it doesn't matter what country you're in, if you have the internet, you have access to so much stuff now. Well, I think the information is cheap now. Like in the past, there's been a cost to gaining information. Even if the cost was only making the effort to purchase a book or borrow a book and read the book, um, there was a cost of time, there was a cost of effort, and now people don't bother with that because they know they can just click on their phone for a second and pull up whatever through a Google search. Right, and and the process of doing the Google, Google search doesn't make you wiser because you don't really have to interact with people. You don't have to deal with their junk. You don't have to, you know what I mean? Like you just get what you want out of it. Um, anyway, so Robin Sharma, you ready? Do you have anything else you want to say? I'm ready. Let's okay. go. Let's go. Uh, I'm straight just reading through his 25 things uh, that he, 25 life lessons I wish I knew at age 25. It was so good. This sparked joy in my heart. <laughs> so you ready? And I'll read it. I'll read the first one and we can talk about it. Okay. And if you feel like reading the second one, you can read the second one. Alrighty. <laughs> okay. Um, he says, as a much older man, I share uh, these from experience that most of the things we worry about never come to pass. Oh, so true. How many things have you worried about or thought about that you cannot control? And even if you could control them, they still do, just don't happen. Yeah, you know what? I learned a really great tool with this when we, uh, from one of our midwives, and she actually, I was, I had a concern about a hypothetical situation, and she's like, well, let's just stop for a second and walk down that. What's the worst case scenario? Tell me about that. What are you afraid of? And then it was like, even just addressing it, and then having a little bit of information, education about what's the possibility of that happening, what are some other scenarios, then I was like... Oh, yeah, that's kind of silly. I don't need to be stressed out about that because chances are it's never going to happen. And if it does happen, I can do step one, two, three and take care of it. Right. I, th- I think that's the thing. If if you uh, worry about something, but you never plan for it, then you're just feeding that worry more. Right. So it's like, yeah, just take it. OK, let's say it does happen. What do I need to do? Well, I can do A, B and C. Just giving some freedom and power. Yeah. Okay, so on Robin's list, number two is that life has an intelligence we cannot understand, yet everything happens for our best. What do you think about that? I think his worldview is a little bit different from my worldview. I would say that God is the ultimate chess player. So no matter which moves I make or, you know, happen because of the result of someone else, I feel like God always has the ultimate move of how to redeem that and move me into the next best place for me. Yeah, totally. Um, I think if you if you if you will take the hard times and the good times and just say I, I need to learn from these because um, you can learn just as much from the good times. But a lot of times we just don't. <laughs> like we just shut things off in our mind and our hearts, and we're like, oh, this is just good, and then we float along the lazy river. <laughs> We don't know there's a waterfall like coming that coming our way, right? Yeah, and it makes me think about. There's actually a song about writing a letter to my former self, and one of the lyrics says, "It questions: Should I tell my former self 
these lessons that I've learned because my former self going through this has created the man that I am now. And so I think there's just a lot of that of like recognizing even the weird twists and the painful parts. It's best for me because it has brought me to a more refined place. Yeah. All right. Number three, that sunrises and star showers are more valuable than success and influence. I love that one. This is the one I was like, we got to do this <laughs> because if you can learn to value the sunrise and sunsets and just nature, just the interactions you can have with nature, it shifts you to such a better place. Um, and I, I do think about a lot of times with sunrise, I'm already up when the sun's coming up and I like just look outside or I'll go just sit on the porch just for like one minute and just watch the sun, you know, or just watch the, the morning coming. It is just such a, I don't know, I think it just connects me to all the generations before, I feel like, who, you know, who were part of the sun, sunrise and sunset were bigger deals back then. Like now we just stay in our own little worlds on our screens or whatever. We don't even realize the sun's up or the sun's down, you know, <laughs> most of the time. But those are enjoying those things. Ah, just puts you to a whole different place. I agree. I agree. All right. Number four, that forgiveness is something you do to free yourself. And let me just tell you, I could just preach on this. I could preach on this for hours, but I'm sure everybody doesn't want to hear that. Uh, But this is just so key. And I see this in business and I see this in people's health and I see this in people's families and I see this in people's just journeys. It's like, yes, a lot of times people do terrible stuff to us. But in order for us to be free from that terrible stuff, we have to forgive that person and let that person go. Well, it's like you said, and we've said, like, I see forgiveness as is allowing Jesus to judge them. Like, even if you don't believe in Jesus and you listen to this podcast, um, just believing that karma or something in the universe is will, you reap what you sow. I mean, that's just a principle across any major religion. You, you sow uh, vengeance. You're just going to, you're going to reap that. And like you can look at the medical studies and research, how forgiveness is related to all kinds of disease because you're sowing that back in yourself. When you, <laughs> when you don't forgive, you're holding on to it and your body is growing that actually in your own cells, <laughs> which is pretty yucky. Which is totally toxic, yes. And it's actually, it's, it's kind of like a physical manifestation of the quote about holding on to bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to fall dead. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's, it's in ourselves. Go ahead. Number five, that sometimes silence is the loudest reply. And can I just tell you, I'll just, I'll just be real with listeners here for a second. Be real, honey. Be real. Just going to be real. When Justin and I are like really in a conflict, our house well, not our house because our kids are still loud, but the two of us are so quiet. <laughs> you know, I'm not wishing this on us, but we've not had a long silence period in a long time, I feel like. I know. I think COVID I think, like burned it out of us. I, I think I think we're <laughs> maturing in our relationship, honey. <laughs> we're both like, oh, we could just, we could be silent with each other for a long time, but we're like, it's just not really worth the, it's not worth the stress because you're just throwing it right back into your own marriage, you know? So that's a yucky place to be. Yeah, but... <sighs> I think in silence, 
and you and I both have been trying to practice some kind of silence more lately, like five minutes, 10 minutes. I've been trying to practice with a timer just to be in silence. Um, and it's weird, but it's almost like the things that are bubbling up from, from that silence time have been like, wow, like, wow, I'm trying to write them down or I'm trying to like meditate on those, the things that bubble up. Cause it's like deep in my spirit. And I feel like deep in the Holy spirit, there's like things bubbling up that are awesome. But if I don't practice that silence, there's no reply time. Like, I don't feel like God forces himself into all the busyness, you know? <laughs> He's like, if you just want to do that and be that way, that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and I think, you know, even looking at society, sometimes when people are squawking about all this goofy stuff, like, it doesn't help for somebody else to come back and squawk louder, you know? Like, just look at the person and walk away. <laughs> Our lunch today, I don't know what all our kids ate, but they we sent them to go lay down and take a nap because they were just like, and in a way it was like super mean-spirited, but it just slid down that path. Like everybody's like, I'm like, and you were like, so, but yeah, it was, just being in silence is such a wonderful thing. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, that old people tell the best stories. This is so good. And we've talked to a couple of podcasts, a few podcasts, I don't remember, some time ago, about taking care of the shut-ins and the elderly and keeping them in mind. And we talked about, we did music with all those. We did a couple of episodes talking about that. But old people do tell the best stories. And guess what? They're probably not going to be conversations about social media or the newest article about whatever. <laughs> When you sit down with, with older people, it's going to be a slower pace. It's going to be talking about things that you probably don't necessarily care about, um, honestly, that impact your life. But I guarantee it, if you sit there long enough, you will be changed in, a, in such a powerful way. Do you have a story about that? <laughs> kind of look is that on your face? <laughs> well, I'm just processing. I'm thinking through, you know, um, I think it's Maya Angelou who said that people won't remember what you say, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. And I think when I listen to older people who tell me stories that happened decades previously in their life, they don't necessarily remember all of the details, but they, re but the things that impacted them that changed who they were as a person. Uh, I think that there's just interesting lessons for us to draw from that. It's like a person's kindness to them and that kind of thing. Yeah, good. Um, that often the simplest human beings have the strongest of characters. Oh, I totally, I can tell you um, when I lived in Ethiopia, the people who impacted me the most lived a very simple life by all standards, but they were of the highest, strongest characters. And I think in my own life, the people who I respect the most, there's a simplicity about them that's just like, wow. Like they're just, that simplicity just seems to add depth to them that you're just like, wow, that is so, I don't know. They're just such, I don't know. I could talk about this for a long time and probably get emotional about it. So I'm not I'm trying not to get emotional about all this, but it really is. The simplest of human beings have the strongest of character. And how do we miss this? Like, how does our society miss this? Like, how do we not have space in our minds and hearts for just the simple things and simple people who do simple things, but yet we can just, just blow by people and not really pay attention. 
Yeah, and I tell you what, and I'm going to try to say this without crying, um, but we really have a heart for uh, special needs kids and for their parents and families and that kind of thing. And I'm on several, you know, in some private Facebook groups with um, other moms who have kids who have special needs of some sort. So one of our kiddos was born with a birth defect. And when I get in this group of other moms whose children have the same um, birth defect, I see much more severe issues. Um, And it's like, I mean, every week there's someone whose child is born and the mom is reaching out and she's scared and she doesn't know how she's going to take care of this baby who has, you know, a lot of, uh, in this specific group, there's a lot of facial deformities and that kind of thing. And recently, I feel like it's been more severe ones. Um, But I see the pictures and the posts and the encouragements from other moms um, that these babies and toddlers who are facing so many surgeries and so many odds against them, and yet they smile. And it's like, these are the bravest little humans I have ever met. Um, You know, even though a lot of them, I've only met them on Facebook. I haven't met them in real life. But that, um, seeing their journey and seeing the parent's journey, caring for them. But somehow I think our society just misses the boat there. We just miss all of the value and the lessons that can be learned. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's good. Um, number eight, I don't know how far we're going to make in this, uh, that friendship is a priceless treasure. Um, I mean, honestly, where would we be without our friends? Because I feel like now we're getting to the place where even our parents are our friends, you know, there's some age difference, (laughs) but you know, that you get to the adulthood and then your parents kind of become your friends, you know? And, um, anyway, it's just, you think about different times in your life. Um, just, I've had two pictures. One was on Facebook from high school friends, and then a friend in the Middle East sent me a picture of a college uh, time, you know? I couldn't tell you what was going on or whatever, but just, like, look at those pictures. You're like, wow, those were just good friends. And, you know, we don't talk, most of those people. I don't talk. I haven't talked to someone from forever, but it's like during that time, like, they, those were the people that held me together in so many different ways, you know? So, yeah, uh, friendship is a priceless treasure. And I think about my friends today, it's just like, how much, it's like, how how rich do you have to be, like, to have great friends, you know? I know, I wasn't expecting this one to be an episode where I got all tore up. Okay, we're just going to keep moving on that one, because if I start talking about my friends, I'll start crying. Um, okay, well, let's let's push through and do two more so we can say our top ten. Um, okay, so number nine, that keeping a journal is praying on paper. And we've talked about journaling and writing out prayers as a part of a morning practice uh, and routine. And it is so, I have, it is just such a treasure. I have journals from when I was in middle school. I've been journaling that long. And to look back and to see just the development and the growth and the things that used to be important that now I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so goofy. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but it is, uh, journaling, just, it's a helpful way for me to get what's inside of me out in a different way than just sitting here talking to you about it or ignoring it usually. <laughs> okay, what are we at? Number 10, that following the crowd never gets you very far. Oh my goodness, so true. And here, 
<clears throat> here's the deal. In our, in our culture in America, we talk about following the crowd, or there's comments about, oh, just follow. But everybody, no one really wants to walk on a narrow path, you know? That's Everybody just follows the herd. We're, and part of it, I think, is human nature. We want to be feel there's a deep longing within us to have community, you know? And so many people don't have community, so they find it on social media or, you know, in some kind of other movement. But there's really not much depth, and you're not getting very far in that process. All right, guys. We're going to call it a wrap for this episode, but we'll be back in the next episode to talk about 10 or 15 other things that we all wish that we knew when we were a spry (laughs) 25-year-old. So thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to connect with us on our Facebook page. You can find us if you search for The Less Stressed Family. Or you can connect with us on uh, our website, lsfpodcast.com. On Shauna's Instagram account, which is Shauna Cherie Wood. Or you could email us at woodfamily at lsfpodcast.com. Have a blessed day. Thank you.